Hello and welcome to this latest installment of Barnards on the NBA. I'm your host, Matt Barnard, and I'm joined here by my son and co-host, Emilio. Hey, it's me, Emilio. Yes, Emilio's uh, final uh, episode as an 11-year-old is the one we're recording right now. Uh, On this episode, as you can probably tell from the uh, title, we are going to be doing one of our classic uh, college all-time teams. And this episode, we're going to be focusing in on the Wisconsin Badgers, uh, University of Wisconsin, their uh, main campus located in Madison. I know some of their other uh, teams also feature in uh, in sports from time to time, but we're talking about the main campus there in Madison. Now, uh, just before we get into our, our teams, we're going to, of course, be presenting them in our typical format with uh, our center, power forward, small forward, shooting guard, and point guard. Uh, followed by seven bench spots to round out a roster of 12 players based on how they performed in the NBA and ABA. Also got to talk a little bit about uh, Wisconsin basketball. Uh, you know, you think of them these days as a uh, Big Ten powerhouse. They had a, uh, a very impressive run where uh, they had gone to the uh, to the tournament, I believe, in uh, 19 consecutive years that uh, concluded uh, but... in 2018. But they also went 47 consecutive years not making the tournament. So their history in basketball is a little bit shaky. Uh, that's a great way of putting it. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, uh, you know, that, that streak that you were just referring to went from 1947 to 1994. So, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I remember Wisconsin being pretty solid through a lot of my life, but uh, there was definitely a long period there where they were not in the mix. So worth keeping that in mind as we uh, get into these players. Well, they uh, could have been in the mix. That, that's fair. It's fair. I mean, where they, they were a middling team. They, they certainly weren't a team that was, uh, you know, making any noise in the postseason. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're going to find as we go through these players that, uh, you know, may, maybe not quite as much impact as you might have expected from a, a Big Ten powerhouse. Yeah. All right. So let's get into it. Mills, who do you have as your uh, starting center on this Wisconsin team? I had a current player actually led them to a um, championship um, or led them to a national championship or not winning the national championship, but going to the national championship. Frank Kaminsky. Yeah, now this guy was, uh, is in the league right now, uh, taken with the uh, ninth pick overall in the uh, 2015 NBA draft. And uh, he was a superstar in college, as you just mentioned. Uh, really had some prominent uh, showings in the uh, in the tournament and also just like one of the big stars throughout his uh, college career in the later years. Yeah, um, ninth overall pick, so uh, definitely sought after um, in the draft. Um I mean, he probably doesn't. When you look back at that draft, he probably doesn't place ninth. Yeah. Um, no. But uh, yeah, he's had a pretty solid career. Uh, definitely, uh, three hundred ninety-four games so far for him uh, across uh, a couple of different franchises. Uh, began his career with the uh, with the Hornets, then uh, making his way to the Suns for uh, some productive seasons there, and uh, now playing with the uh, with the Hawks. But uh, yeah, I mean, just to get back to his college time a little bit, since uh, we are talking about these guys through the uh, the prism of. Uh, Wisconsin, I mean, is that 2015 year National College Player of the Year? I mean, that's that's pretty good. Um, but also uh, a bunch of more awards. Yeah, absolutely. Consensus first team All American, uh, Kareem Abdul Jabbar Award. I mean, if you win that, that's I mean, you, you got to be good. Uh, Big Ten Player of the Year and uh, Big Ten Tournament MVP that year too, and has his number uh, number 44, of course, uh, retired by uh, Wisconsin. Uh, so th- this guy ha- ha- has w- one of the best uh, track records of any player while he was in school. I would say. Yeah, I I will I should mention that this season 
he's not having a great season. Yeah, I think you know he's still uh, looking to find his role, and and, and frankly, you know, as, as a 29 year old now, I mean, he might be on his way, like you know, on his way out a little bit. I mean, I feel like he never really established himself as a uh, as a star or even a starter in the league, only uh, starting 49 out of his 394 regular season games career. so far. But yeah, a, a good career. I uh, should mention uh, that that uh, National College Player of the Year in 2015 was uh, unanimous. So, I mean, that's that's pretty it's pretty pretty good. He had uh, as well uh, the um, the high for any uh, player in a Wisconsin game with uh, 43 when he was in uh, in school. So this guy could really fill it up. Some pretty impressive uh, accolades for him as well. Even if uh, maybe not the the most impressive uh, NBA resume. Yeah. Um... Yeah, his high in NBA game was 31, so still pretty good, but not as good as college. Yeah, yeah, 31 is pretty solid. So uh, I should mention that uh, I had uh, Frank Kaminsky uh, at power forward on my team, uh, but he was definitely represented in my uh, my starting group. Uh, so I guess we can uh, move on now um, to your power forward, Mills. Who'd you have? I had Brad Sellers. Um, there was a... When I got to this um, power forward center spot, it was basically like, where is Fran Kaminsky going to place? And, like, who of these, like, other players are going to make it into the power to the other slot of the big men? And um, I went with Brad Sellers, also attended Ohio State, and was also the ninth overall pick. Yeah, how about that? So uh, back-to-back uh, ninth overall picks to uh, start this episode off. Yeah, Brad Sellers, uh, seven-footer, uh, 210, so a big man for sure. Uh, listed as more of a uh, power forward or a small forward, according to uh, Basketball Reference. Uh, shout out Basketball Reference, uh, we love you. Um, yeah, played uh, played 398 games in the league, and uh, you know he did, did some work. Yeah, um, 6.3 um, points per game for his career, and um, he played in um, four different leagues overseas: in Greece, France, Spain. France again, then Israel, and then France again. Yeah, so really got around, lived one of those uh, basketball lives for sure. And, uh, yeah, pr- pretty impressive uh, career on the court. Also went on to have a notable career off the court, working as a uh, politician. It was actually the uh, the mayor of uh, his hometown of Warrensville Heights, Ohio. So, um, yeah, a guy who, uh, you know, made a life for himself in public, uh, even off the court. Yeah, for sure. Uh yeah, so not 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 bad work from uh, from Brad Sellers. He did not make my starting five, but he was uh, coming off my bench, one of the more prominent uh, players uh, who did not make my starting five. Uh, so I guess we should uh, we should get to uh, my four. Well, I already mentioned that uh, center that I had Frank Kaminsky there. Yeah, I got to mention my center, right? Let's talk about Kim Hughes. Yes, I had this guy on my bench, I believe, but um, yeah, a guy I was definitely considering to put in. Um, um, one of the slots with um, Frank Kaminsky. Didn't end up going with him, but, um, yeah, definitely worthy of um, being on the squad. Yeah, and he was a ninth pick as well uh, in the uh, the third round of the uh, 1974 NBA draft, so a little bit lower, 45th overall. But uh, another big man, uh, 6'11", 220, and one of the guys who played the most of, uh, you know, guys who went to Wisconsin, certainly in the big spots. Uh, he's one of the most prominent. Um Guy who uh, played, again, kind of a split career, played uh, a bunch in the NBA, uh, 425 games in the NBA, as well as uh, 84 games in the, uh, excuse me, 425 games between the NBA and ABA, 341 in the NBA, 84 in the ABA, and also played for many years in Italy. 
Yes, many years. I mean, more than um, half his career was in Italy. Yes, and uh, worth noting about uh, Kim Hughes as well. This guy uh, went on to uh, to coach as well. Interesting. Um, yeah, worked uh, worked as an assistant with the Nuggets, Clippers, and uh, Blazers. Your uh, Blazers, huh? mm-hmm. and uh, also uh, coached a little bit overseas uh, for Viola Reggio Calabria. Uh, also an ABA champion. So uh, worth mentioning about uh, about Kim Hughes that. Uh, uh, 75 76 season with the uh, with the Nets. Uh, this guy uh, this guy took down the uh, took down the title. Um, yeah, that's very impressive um, for him to take down a uh, title with the uh, Nets. Yeah, I mean this guy uh, at that time playing with the likes of uh, Doctor J, Jay. Al Skinner, um, Sven Nader. I mean, yeah, some yeah. some some good players there with uh, with with that squad uh, uh, winning an ABA title. So uh, part of um, part of Kim Hughes' story for sure. All right, so what we got next here, Mills? Your uh, your three. Let's do it. I had definitely um, the best player um, from Wisconsin, or not definitely, but definitely a contender for the best player of Wisconsin, Michael Finley, two-time All-Star, 2005, 2007 NBA champ, All-Rookie team. Um, this guy was nice. Absolutely. I mean, uh, Michael Finley. Remember this guy well. Uh, a fantastic athlete, great dunker. Uh, I mean, just a really, really solid wing player. I mean, throughout his time in the league, which was extensive. I mean, he came in in the 95 draft, uh, 21st pick overall out of Wisconsin, and he played 1,103 regular season games. I mean, this guy was out there doing work. Yeah, that is very impressive. Not many people even play over 1,000 games. He played 100 more on top of that. Um, and he had like just a great career. Um Played a ton of minutes for um, all the teams he played for, was a starter for more than half of his career, and um, was a good scorer, too. 15.7 points per game over the course of uh, 1,103 games. Yeah, and he grew up in the Chicago area. I mean, uh, you know, one of uh, many NBA players to go on to success from that area. And uh, it should be mentioned, I mean, when he was growing up there, I mean, his hair player was Jordan. Um, no surprise there. Yeah, I suppose not. But I mean, he he really uh, went on to some some great heights. Perhaps not uh, not Jordan esque. He, he he actually got to play. Absolutely, he got to play against Jordan uh, probably extensively during his time in the league. And uh, yeah, I mean, he averaged over twenty points uh, in a season five times. Yes, um, very impressive. And that five years in a row. Yeah. So um, had a good stretch there with uh, Mavs, and those were two All Star appearances record. Yeah, won a title as well with the uh, with the Spurs in uh, 2007, uh, playing extensively on that team. I mean, he was a starter, started all 20 games in the postseason run. So, uh, you know, earning himself uh, a, a title. Yeah, definitely deserved it. Uh, great work out of him. Of yeah, I should also mention, I mean, you said uh, a two-time All-Star, which, of course, is very notable. His uh, number 24 jersey retired at, at, at uh, Wisconsin. Uh, very worthy of that. I mean, as yeah. probably the most accomplished pro to uh, to come out of the program. Also represented uh, USA Basketball in, on a couple of occasions at the Goodwill Games and at uh, uh, Summer uh, Universiade, which I guess is a uh, tournament for college players, which he participated in uh, back in 1993. So, yeah, some some really, really impressive accolades for uh, for Michael Finley. Yeah, um, for sure. And um, he actually had 10 steals in a game once. 
Yeah, that's nasty. I mean, uh, you, you got to be getting in the passing lanes and uh, being disruptive uh, to get 10 steals in a game. That's nasty yeah. from uh, Michael right. Finley. So, yeah, a great career for Michael Finley. I think probably the uh, the best player to uh, to come out of Wisconsin. Yeah, Finn Dog has um, somewhere in that one. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so I had uh, I had Michael Finley at the uh, at the three as well. So let, let's keep it moving here. Mills, who'd you have at the two? I had Devin Harris. This guy, probably the second best player to come out of um, um, Wisconsin, um, playing from 2004 to 2019, I believe. Yeah, 19, and uh, mostly played with the Mavs. Um, a long career, um, 10.8 points per game for his career, and uh, yeah, uh, a good player. Definitely a good player. I mean, taken with the uh, with the fifth overall pick in the 2004 NBA draft, I feel like uh, maybe a little bit disappointing at moments during his career because it never seemed like he you were going to get the, uh, the the premium like All Star level player that uh, you might hope for with the fifth overall pick. But I mean, he was really solid. 985 regular season games in the league, participated in uh, in uh, you know a, quite a bit of winning basketball, even if he also was uh, was on some crappy teams. Yeah, for sure, and. Um... He uh, was, um, yeah. Yeah, p- part of that uh, that 2004 uh, draft that uh, was led by uh, by Dwight Howard. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like one of the guys who stuck around longest from uh, from that draft class. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the only guys ahead of him in um, games played are uh, Trevor Ariza, Andre Iguodala, and Dwight Howard. So. Um... Yeah, definitely one of the best players and probably worthy of the fifth overall pick in that draft. Absolutely. Uh, notable for uh, for owning uh, like 400 pairs of sneakers. I mean, very extensive uh, sneaker collection. Thank uh, Wikipedia for that uh, that tidbit. On, I'm sure uh, you can do that if you play in the NBA. Absolutely. I mean, you, know, you, got the, you got the cash for it. I mean, if you're interested in a sneaker collection, definitely uh, an avenue to explore. Um, should be noted, I mean, this guy came into uh, into school as Wisconsin uh, Mr. Basketball in uh, 2001. He was Big Ten Player of the Year in 2004. So racking up some significant accolades when he was at Wisconsin as well. And, um, look, I mean, he lasted a long time in the league. you got to give it up yeah. for uh, Devin Harris. Uh, one, one thing i got to mention about Devin Harris as well, I mean, there's some players, you know, they have an iconic moment in their career that uh, everybody thinks about when uh, their playing days are done. Uh, did you watch the uh, Devin Harris no, buzzer beater? All right, so we're going to watch it together right now. It's, it's one of uh, – one of the great ones, I think, because, uh, well, I'll let, I'll let Emilio describe it as uh, as he's watching it here. So they have an inbound pass. Oh, my God. So basically, yeah. uh, it's an inbound pass to um, Devin Harris. Then he um, dribbles it up the court, about the half-court line, gets blocked by Andre Iguodala. <laughs> yep. Um, and uh, then recovers the ball and puts it in from half-court <laughs> at the buzzer, so. That's an all-time great. Really, I mean, underrated. I feel like as as an all-timer. I mean, uh, the the shot is like from the half-court stripe, and he like was just fumbling the ball. I mean, he's lucky to get a shot away at all, and barely has an opportunity to touch it again, and yeah. just puts it off his hand and into the bottom of the net for the win. Yeah, pretty impressive. Epic buzzer beater for uh, for Devin Harris. So definitely got to get that in here as we're uh, as we're discussing him. I had uh, Devin Harris as well at uh, at, at the two. Um, Go check out that video. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so who do you have at the one, Mills? I had um, Wes Matthews. Um, not the current Wes Matthews. Um, his, his son. 
his son. Well, his, the current West Matthews dad. Yes, yes, right, right. His son is the one who currently plays in the league and has been playing for quite some time. But yeah, let's talk about this West Matthews. Um, yeah, um, definitely a point guard. Um, definitely um, the point guard on this team, for sure. And um, yeah, pretty good. Um, career in the league. Um, definitely started off good. Um, in his uh, first two seasons, averaging uh, twelve around 12 points per game in those first few seasons. Dropped off a little bit, but uh, played um, until he was 30 and uh, averaged 7.9 points per game for his career. So, and 465 games in the league. So, a good career. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, most of it, I think, coming off the bench. I mean, but definitely played some uh, substantial minutes uh, during uh, certain seasons. Uh, 465 games is uh, nothing to sneeze at in any context, but especially uh, among these uh, Wisconsin players. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just, um, yeah, two-time NBA champ, so uh, that's impressive. And I would say, like, on most teams he wouldn't make the team, but uh, this team he's a certain lock. Yeah, he was actually a uh, CBA champ as well in, uh, in the 1988-1989 uh, season with the, uh, the Tulsa Fastbreakers, a guy who played in a bunch of different leagues. Uh, around the world and uh, and domestically as well, in addition to the NBA. Yeah, um, playing in the CBA, uh, taking a break from the NBA for one year. Yeah. And it should be mentioned, uh, taken with the 14th overall pick in the 1980 draft, mm-hmm. and a guy who went to high school in uh, Bridgeport, Connecticut. Uh, not that many Connecticut uh, players uh, making it to the league. Yeah, that's um, true. So, uh, yeah, I had Wes Matthews as well. Like you said, I think he's the clear-cut choice on uh, on this squad. All right, let's uh, let's go over our teams uh, one more time, and then we can uh, take a quick break before we uh, come back and uh, give you the guys rounding out our benches. So I had center Frank Kaminsky, power forward Brad Sellers, small forward Michael Finney, Michael Finley, shooting guard Devin Harris, and point guard Wes Matthews. And I had uh, center Kim Hughes, uh, power forward Frank Kaminsky, uh, small forward Michael Finley, shooting guard Devin Harris, and point guard Wes Matthews. We'll be back in just a moment. Now we're back to uh, continue our conversation of uh, Wisconsin players who uh, played in the NBA and ABA. Uh, let's get to our benches. Mills, who do you have on your uh, coming off your bench first? I had well, this is I didn't actually think he was the best player coming off the bench. Greg Steesma. Greg Steesma. Yes, I I remember this guy. Yes. Um. He uh, we're watching some highlights of him just the other day. Yeah, I mean this bench is uh pretty bad. I have to admit. Um, he uh yeah played in the league. He definitely did. Uh, yeah, I mean uh, not drafted, but uh, definitely came in out of uh, Wisconsin and got uh, two hundred and three regular season games. That's not too shabby. Yeah, played for um, four years in the league and um, played on four different teams. Very impressive. Uh, played a little bit overseas as well. Uh, has worked as a uh, player development associate with the uh, with the Timberwolves. In addition to that, so uh, pretty impressive. Also got himself uh, some hardware. Got the uh, D League uh, Defensive Player of the Year in 2010. Impressive, and um, he uh, yeah, definitely a good shot blocker. I would say. Um, I mean, not really in the league, but um, he uh, yeah was a good shot blocker. Um, 1.1 blocks per game in four seasons. Yeah, definitely a, a force uh, force around the rim, no question. Uh, one thing I wanted to draw some attention to was uh, his performance in, in the playoffs. I mean, that year uh, in, uh, in in 2015, I mean, 
this guy came in and was like hyper efficient off the bench. I mean, it was almost scary. I mean, what this guy was able to accomplish uh, down the stretch in that uh, that playoff run for the uh, for the Raptors. Uh, let's just talk about that for a minute. Um, yeah, average. He played one game at two minutes and he had five points. Well, I mean, I really wanted to get into the into the details uh, on this one. We don't usually do this on the podcast, but uh, I thought it was worth pointing out. I mean, what Steamsman was able to get done off the bench in that game. So just to get really, really get into it here. I mean, he comes in the game for Amir Johnson with um, with a minute 58 to go. Right. He draws a foul. Right. Four seconds later. It's pretty good. Gets to the line, hits one. He misses one. All right. Fair enough. I mean, you might not love that part of it. Uh, only a few seconds later, this is like 15 seconds later, this guy is making a two-point layup from one foot out, um, assisted by James Johnson. And he's not done in this game, right? Johnson gets a defensive rebound. Yep, he gets a defensive rebound. About he misses a, a, misses a two-pointer from 11 feet. An offensive rebound is snagged by Jonas Valanciunas. And, I mean, you know what happens next. Greg Steamsma, this guy... A two-point hook shot from seven feet out, assisted by Gravis Vasquez. So within, like, what is it, 53 seconds, 57 seconds of coming into the game, this guy's got five points, and that's the only taste he ever got of playoff hoops uh, with, with the Raptors? Come on, he needed more opportunities. I mean, to be fair, they were down 94 to 125 after that occurred. Well, that's true. I mean, he wasn't in garbage time. I mean, that's a fair point. But uh, some pretty impressive work there in the 2014-2015 postseason by Greg Steamsman. You could say that. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I think I probably said uh, plenty on uh, Greg Steams at this point. Yeah. All right. So he was on my my team as well. Uh, I, I don't think you can keep him off uh, off, off the bench here. Uh, who who's your next guy off the bench? I had Kim Hughes. Who we already talked about. We did talk about Kim Hughes already. So let's move on to uh, the next guy on my bench, which was uh, Brad Sellers, who uh, we've also already spoken about. So I'll kick it back to you, Mills. John Lure. John Lure. Yes, another guy who uh, pretty recent player. Let's uh, talk about him. Yeah, he um, has been playing up to pretty recently. Um, definitely one of the guys I was considering for putting at the power forward or center spot. Um, he could have couldn't have gotten on there. Didn't quite get make the cut for me, but um, uh, one of the better players from uh, Wisconsin. Absolutely, a six ten two twenty eight type uh, guy who could play either kind of big spot, uh, power forward or center in the right situations. And a guy who really made his uh, made his name as a uh, as as a competent three point shooter. I mean, you you look back at uh, at, at his numbers from three. Now maybe uh, maybe a little bit of fool's gold there. I mean, maybe I'm thinking of when the uh, when the Pistons signed him as a free agent before the 2016-2017 uh, season. He had had a pretty decent uh, three point shooting season, shooting like 38 percent uh, with the Suns the year before that. So maybe uh, lured into uh, oh boy, you hear what I did there? Lured. Into uh, into signing him on that deal, that was not that was you know just uh, natural. Um, yeah, only only made it through uh, his age twenty nine season in the league. I mean, really, uh, not not a ton of staying power for John Lewer, but again, relative to a lot of these guys from Wisconsin, three hundred and seventy seven regular season games is uh, pretty darn good. Yeah, I would say, and um, yeah, I mean, he you never know he could he could find a way back into the league. Only retired four years ago at the age he's. Now 33, so, I mean, where's Len now? He's uh, retired. He announced his retirement at the age of uh, 31 back uh, on Instagram uh, in 2020. Wow. So is he, uh, like, like doing any other jobs? I don't know. I think he's just chilling. I mean, this guy made uh, made some good coin uh, during his uh, playing career. I mean, 
you know, we usually don't talk about the money. I mean, but uh, yeah, he made like, forty four million bucks. Yeah, I mean, so he's 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 probably good. I mean, if he's uh, if he's down to do that, and it should be mentioned, he's uh, he's married to the daughter of uh, the great NFL coach uh, Brian Billick, guy who uh, won a Super Bowl with the Ravens. So uh, that, that's pretty cool. I bet they got some good stories. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they do, and I'm sure they have a bunch of money too. <laughs> Absolutely, that's uh, that's that's got to be nice uh, for them. Yeah, I mean, pr- pretty pretty good career for a guy taken with the uh, 40th overall pick in the second round of that uh, uh, 2011 NBA draft. Yeah. So good work out of John Luer. Of course, I, I had John Luer on, uh, on on my squad as well. It's actually uh, my first guy off the bench. Probably should have mentioned him uh, a little bit ago, but no matter. Let's talk about uh, your next guy off the bench, Mills. I had Sam Decker. Yeah, I had Sam Decker too, and uh, we were talking about it uh, before the record. Uh, Sam Decker, guy who was pretty prominent as uh, as as a player at Wisconsin, and uh, I think people definitely held out some hope that he could be an effective scorer in the NBA. I mean, had good size and came in with a reputation as a uh, really good shooter, and uh, didn't quite live up to that. Yeah, I mean, only played for a few years in the um, in the league, and uh, really uh, didn't quite play that good. Yeah, I mean, I think the shooting really just never quite came together for him. I mean, you know, it was limited to just three games uh, during his rookie season in 2015-2016 after having been a uh, first-round pick taken uh, with the 18th pick in the 2015 draft by the Rockets. And uh, it just it just seemed like one of those NBA careers, from my perspective, that never really got uh, on track. Um, yeah. You know, a guy had, like I said, I mean, some some pretty impressive accolades in uh, in college at Wisconsin. I mean, he had made um, the uh, uh, second team all Big Ten uh, twice during his, his time there. He was all freshman uh, team in the Big Ten as well during his, his time um, as a freshman. But was a first team All American, uh, you know, by Parade Magazine as a high schooler in uh, in 2012. So uh, definitely had some some pedigree uh, heading into the college ranks, and I think, uh, yeah, as I said, I mean, looked looked like he might be able to uh, offer teams something as a, as a three point shooter, uh, who you know, like I said, was six nine. So uh, still playing actually now. I mean, he's not uh, not out of basketball. Um, only. Uh, 28 years old at this point, so playing in uh, in, in England actually right now with the uh, London Lions. Yeah, really good to get back in the league. Uh, only at 28. He's got a chance. I mean, this guy had a 30 uh, point game on his resume in the NBA. Yeah, that's very impressive with the uh, Rockets. Rockets and uh, win, and he started. Yeah, he really went off uh, next to uh, the likes of uh, James Harden, uh, Trevor Ariza, Pat Beverly, and uh, Montrezl Harrell. Six threes, six for eleven. Yeah, so I mean, clearly had it in there to uh, to be uh, someone who could perform at the NBA level, but never really locked in enough consistency to uh, hang out for too long yeah. in the league. Uh, with that said, I mean, clearly a guy who had to be on uh, these benches uh, yeah. given the uh, the overall dearth of uh, just uh, playing time for uh, for a, a lot of these guys. All right, so I guess I can throw someone into the mix now. Uh, you named a few guys in a row, but let's talk about uh, Dick Schultz. Yeah. Um... I don't believe I have this guy on my bench. Yeah, I didn't. But, um, yeah, pretty solid. Well, I mean, you, you might not see that much about Dick Schultz, just uh, just taking a look at his uh, at his basketball reference page, uh, playing in that earlier era where there was really a lot less information available. I mean, uh, starting his career no, in the uh, – Yeah, exactly. No minutes played. I mean, you don't know who's starting. I mean, uh, you know, it's a lot harder to get your arms around uh, what happened here. But – uh, began in the BAA, actually got 155 games in in the BAA. I mean, pretty nice. 
and uh, played 50 in the NBA as well uh, over the course of just, you know, those first couple of seasons while uh, basketball was getting going. But uh, really, I mean, the BAA was only uh, only around for him when he was, uh, you know, 30 years old. So, you know, it's hard to say what his career might have looked like if, uh, if things had gotten started a little bit earlier. Yes, he could have been hugely younger. Yeah, it would have been younger, but I, th- I think it is worth uh, worth noting that he, this guy was uh, was a guy who actually played on a on a championship team that uh, yeah. Baltimore Bullet Squad in forty seven forty eight. Yeah, um, I think did we do an episode on the Bullets? We did. We sure talked about the uh, the Baltimore Bullets and this this their uh, their title team, uh, coached by the great uh, Buddy Jeanette, and of course. Uh, you know, led by the likes of, uh, you know, Paul Hoffman and, uh, you know, Dick Schultz. Dick Schultz. I mean, Chick Reiser as well. I mean, the great uh, Stuyvesant High School legend. Yeah, for sure. And uh, good to have that um, title under, but a little bit of conflicting information here. If you go to Basketball Reference, um, it says he died at 51, I believe. Yeah, 51 in June 26, 1968. But on... Uh, Wikipedia, it says he died on June 16th, 1998, at the age of 81, so... It's a, it's a pretty substantial discrepancy. I'm so. going to probably rely on basketball reference here, because anybody can access Wikipedia, but it is some conflicting information, so who knows the real truth. Uh, that is uh, a very astute observation there. Uh, she also mentioned that uh, Dick Schultz was a member of... Uh, an NBL champion uh, team uh, with Sheboygan in uh, 1943. So a guy who was definitely around some winning hoops, which uh, got him over the line for me and uh, allowed him to uh, make my all-time Wisconsin uh, team. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, let, let's keep going here. Mills, who else you got on your bench? Next, I have Scott Roth. This guy uh, played in the league. He sure did. He didn't make my team, but he was definitely under strong consideration as one of the guys – who played the most uh, coming out of Wisconsin? Um, yeah, for sure. And he debuted on March first, nineteen eighty-eight, and uh, that was huge for him. And it's good job. I mean, it's got to be a huge moment in the life of any young baller. I mean, when they get an opportunity to make their NBA debut. So I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that on uh, March first, nineteen eighty-eight, uh, day that I was alive for. Yeah. Uh, Same. <laughs> uh, well, uh, it's debatable. Uh, yeah, but Scott, Scott Roth, a guy with some pretty good size. Uh, 6'8", uh, 212 pounds, taken with the uh, 82nd overall pick. That was the fourth round of the 85 draft by the Spurs. And uh, he was really into threes when it came to his uniform numbers, I'll tell you that. Yeah, the uniform numbers of 333 and 3. Yeah, and and a contributor on the court. I mean, not a guy who started uh, very much at all, but uh, a role player who uh, was capable of, uh, you know, getting a few buckets here and there during his uh what, four NBA seasons? Three NBA seasons. Uh, splitting one of those between the uh, the Jazz and the Spurs. And uh, worth uh, worth mentioning about uh, Scott Roth as well. This guy's gone on to an extensive uh, coaching career as well. College as well as in the pros. Uh, you know, so uh, Wisconsin Platteville as an assistant coach in the college ranks, but also uh, getting on uh, the Mavericks bench, the Grizzlies bench, the Warriors, Raptors, Pistons, and coaching around the world as well. I mean, he's right now the head coach for the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. So this guy who, uh, you know, is from Ohio, but uh, he's, he's out there coaching in, uh, yeah, well, in, in Australia. I mean, like in, in the Australian Basketball League and actually uh, an NBL champion down there uh, in the 2020 season and uh, coach sure of the year. I'm sure he has some good experience because um, 
he has been coaching in the NBA and he's going to Australia to coach in the league. I mean, I would expect him to do pretty well. Absolutely. And he paid that off by winning uh, Coach of the Year in uh, 2022 in the NBL. Yeah. So uh, some impressive uh, basketball for from uh, Scott Roth, even if uh, he's no longer uh, stateside. Yeah. So uh, Scott Roth did not make my squad, but uh, as I meant, uh, I think I already mentioned that, but uh, he was definitely under under serious consideration here. Uh, let's talk about another, a guy who did make my squad, and I'm talking about Don Refelt. Yes, this guy made my squad as well. Um, yeah, a uh, pretty solid um, career, I would say. I mean, two years. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> two years in the league, and um, – yeah, I mean, average 7.1 points per game, and uh, this guy really filled it up. <laughs> well, I can tell you're joking a little bit, and, and I, I agree. His stats don't necessarily jump off the page at you. I mean, he's a guy who, uh, you know, just didn't get that much time in. I mean, 98 games, but, I mean, look at where uh, where he came from. This guy was taken with the number two overall pick in the 1950 NBA draft. Yeah, I mean, he was obviously, yeah, really well thought of uh, coming out of school. That's actually cool. It's like just won a title, so, like. Uh, exactly. So, I mean, this, this was uh, this is big time. Uh, and when he graduated in uh, 1950 from Wisconsin, uh, this guy held a lot of records. I mean, all time leading scorer for the uh, for the Badgers at I'm the sure time. That has been well, absolutely. But I mean, at the time, he was uh, he was a trailblazer. I mean, he was a, a consensus second team All-American in 1950. And uh, yeah, I mean, just had a really, really impressive uh, college career there. Yeah. Um, I mean, you wonder why he uh, got drafted second overall, but uh, uh, there you have it. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And I thought this was an interesting note uh, from his uh, Wikipedia page. Apparently, uh, after graduating from Wisconsin, uh, before joining the uh, you know the professional ranks uh, to the extent that he did, uh, he participated in something called the World Series of Basketball, which was apparently a uh, tour that matched uh, like really high-end college players against uh, the Harlem Globetrotters. So they'd go around all over the place and play these games. He was the leading scorer on the tour, and he was on a team that featured Paul Arizon and Bob Cousy. Wow. And he was the leading scorer? Yeah. Wow. That, that is extremely impressive. So, I mean, you get the sense when you're reading about uh, Don Raffelt that, like, maybe, like, his career, like, what you see on the page doesn't quite tell the whole story. Because, obviously, he was capable of some pretty high-end performance. Yeah, for sure. And, um... Also, it, he, sorry, go ahead. It would be his birthday in three days, but unfortunately, he passed away. Yes, he did pass away in uh, 1980. So it's been a long time without uh, Don Refelt around. But yeah, I mean, an, an impressive career. Six uh, seven guy, 210 pounds, small forward. I don't know if we mentioned that, but uh, yeah, a guy who who definitely had an impact uh, in in basketball. Uh, I should also mention that he had an impact in uh, in the game of bridge. This guy was a uh, life master, as was his uh, wife Joyce. Bridge, yeah, the uh, the card game. Okay, <laughs> all right. So maybe we should uh, move on. Uh, so Mills, who else do you have on your bench here? So the last guy I have on my bench, I know you don't have him. It's Alondo Tucker. This guy played a little bit more recently. Um, retired in the uh, 2010 season or after the 2010 season. Um. Yeah, I just put him on the team because uh, he played in the more in a little more recent era, and uh, there wasn't a lot of um, competition. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. I mean, it definitely is someone I considered as well. Uh, taken with the 29th pick in the uh, 2007 NBA draft, and uh, lasted 51 games in the league. So, yeah, I mean, not terrible career. 
Yeah, not bad. And actually really tore it up in the uh in, in the G League. I mean had some uh had some big time performances just looking at his uh his Wikipedia page, man, I feel like I'm talking about that a bunch, but yeah, I mean, had, had a whole bunch of games where he was scoring, you know, 30, 40 plus uh, points in, uh, in, in the G league or uh, probably known as the, as the D league at that time. But uh, yeah, I mean, a guy who I, th- I think just like didn't quite have uh, the skills required to uh, make it in the NBA at a high level. Yeah, but he didn't make it in the NBA. Just not a high level. He most certainly made it to the NBA. There's no question about that. And, and he, I mean, he was a fantastic uh, collegiate player. I mean, he yeah. broke the, uh, all-time Wisconsin scoring record, which uh, was held by Michael Finley at the time when he was at Wisconsin. A lot Wisconsin. of these guys are, like, good in college and they're just not living up to their full potential in the league. Uh, you do uh, do come across that with, uh, with with a lot of these players. I, I tend to agree. I mean, he, he was a guy who – I mean, I, I remember him coming in as a uh, 6'6", 205-pounder. Uh, I mean, a guy who seemed like he might have, you know, a body that would allow him to succeed as a swingman or something like that, but uh, just really never never got started. I mean, he only had one, uh, one career start and – you know, I mean, I, I guess the evaluations were just such that, you know, you couldn't trust him with, uh, with, with, with that kind of a role at the NBA level. But uh, a guy who went on to, uh, to play a whole bunch uh, overseas in a whole bunch of different places. So I uh, definitely had uh, that basketball life that, uh, that we always talk about on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Should be mentioned also the first team All-American when he was in college. So, I mean, yeah. first team All-American. Yeah. So, I mean, he was very good in college. That's, uh, that's, that's pretty nasty. All right, so let, let's also talk about uh, uh, the last guy on my bench before we get to uh, just a couple others, Gene England. Yeah, um, scored a bunch of points in the league, I will say that, and he, but he only played in the league for one year. Yeah, so you might be thinking, uh, so why'd you, uh, why'd you pick him? Well, part of it was uh, not a lot of uh, competition, I mean, to be fair. But uh, part of it is that, uh, you know, we mentioned that long stretch where uh, Wisconsin had not uh, – been to the uh, NCAA tournament. This guy was actually a part of a team at Wisconsin that won the NCAA tournament. The only time they've done so back in 1941, and he was one of the uh, one of the star players who helped him get there. I'm sure he was. I mean, he made it to the league. So, um, yeah, averaged um, 7.8 points per game that one season that he played, which was uh, not bad. I mean, got 46 games in that year, so uh, pretty good. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, I think uh, given, given the competition, I mean, you see this guy who uh, was a consensus first team All-American in that 1941 season at Wisconsin and was an NBL champion in uh, 1942 as well as a member of the uh, Oshkosh All-Stars. Uh, you know, so definitely from, uh, you know, guy harkens back to the early days of uh, organized hoops. But um, I think someone who can find a place on, uh, on this 12-man uh, roster yeah. for Wisconsin. All right, so let's uh, let, let's take a really quick break, and we'll be back in just a moment to uh, wrap up this Wisconsin squad. And we're back to uh, wrap up this discussion of uh, Wisconsin players who made it to the NBA and ABA. Uh, I got to mention uh, my guy Walt Lautenbach. Now I know he played a long I do time not ago. Know why he has to mention this guy? But uh... we'll get to it. So uh, he played with uh, with Sheboygan back in the uh, 1949-1950 season. Emilio has. Uh, has noticed the reason why we have to mention Walt Lautenbach. Uh, this guy uh, played 55 games in the league. That's really all you need to know about him. Uh, well, not he did, much. He did do that. And uh, not much else. <laughs> well, yeah, his his, uh, his stay in pro hoops was uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, brief. Uh, actually played for the Oshkosh All-Stars as well uh, prior to um, uh, what we see on basketball. Yes, I know. The great. Bobby Cook. 
Bobby Cook. All right, let's talk. Let's talk Bobby Cook. Now that we're uh, all full Ooh, up on uh, Walt Loudonback. Point. Five points per game in his one season. I know this guy was impressive. Yeah, I would say. And um, it's taken with the in, in the second round of the uh, 1948 uh, BAA draft, so uh, definitely an old timer. But uh, yeah, check this guy out. Yeah, um, yeah, just like 51 games, 11 point five points per game, and uh, I don't know why he stopped playing. Yeah, and uh, you're you're gonna have to see this. I mean, this guy scored 44 points in a game. He had. A, I don't know why he stopped playing. I mean that that's that's pretty impressive. I mean, eighteen for thirty-three uh, from the floor, eight of nine from the line, in a uh, in a game on uh, January twelfth, uh, nineteen fifty. So uh, th- this guy could really fill it up. Yeah, he sure could. And um, again, I do not know why he's out playing. And I mean, it should be mentioned. I mean, in, in that that game, I mean, he was joined on the court on the same team by Walt Loudenback. That was one of his fifty-five games. Yeah, and one of Bobby Cook's fifty-one. Yeah, so uh, yeah, those guys uh, balling out that that special day back in uh, 1950. Uh, yeah, I mean, man, it's almost uh, almost that date uh, right now as we record. I mean, January 12th, not too far off. So, looking forward to the uh, the anniversary, 73rd anniversary of that game uh, coming up soon. Indeed, it will. Uh, also be mentioned, Bobby Cook uh, owned a Ford dealership after uh, he retired. That is um, very interesting. Yeah, so I thought he was worth uh, worth saying a few words about. All right, so let's also talk about Marcus Landry. Now, I know we were kind of beating around the bush with this uh, on our episode last week. Go check that out. Purdue episode. We talk about Carl Landry. This guy's brother. Go check that out because we're not talking about Carl Landry today. We're talking about Marcus Landry. Exactly. And I apologize for the audio problems on uh, last week's episode. But, yeah, let's talk Marcus Landry. Now, this guy was uh, was already still alive, fortunately. I mean, only 37 years old. He's uh, Carl Landry's brother. Yes, he is, and um, pretty uh, brief career, um, but uh, some good highlights overseas for him. Um, Korean League All-Star in 2019, Italian League MVP. And scoring champ in and 2017. And scoring champ, and a D-League All-Star, and D-League three-point shooting champ in um, 2013. Yes, this guy's pretty nice. I mean, definitely yeah. a good basketball player. I mean, even if uh, his NBA career has been limited to uh, just 18 games, uh, back in the 2009-2010 uh, season, played a little bit with the uh, with the Knicks and just uh, three minutes out there with the Celtics. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, not as extensive a career as his uh, brother Carl Landry, but also a guy who uh, made an impact. And I, I do remember him from uh, his time at Wisconsin. I mean, a pretty notable uh, player there. Um, started the last uh, 75 games of his career and was part of 100 wins in uh, in college. So he was certainly part of a better era of uh, Wisconsin basketball than. Uh, um, a lot of what Wisconsin basketball has been. Yeah, that's right. All right. So uh, before we uh, before we go, I think we we got to get to uh, to the current players who uh, who are at who can come out of Wisconsin who are in the league right now, making an impact this or guy, uh, maybe not making that much of an impact so far. This guy um, played only twenty years old. Played. Hold on, we got to talk about who it is. It's Johnny Davis. It's Johnny Davis and uh, played for Wisconsin just last year in the tournament, but uh, not very impressive this year in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, you can't can't be too impressed by what uh, Johnny Davis has gotten up to so far. I mean, uh, 10th pick, I mean, you expect him to have played more than uh, 10 games as we recorded here at the beginning of uh, January. Uh, you know, we're a couple months into the season. 
So uh, really just not not getting on the court very much. I mean, five minutes yeah. per game in those uh, 10 games. So a lot of talk about how he was, uh, you know, overdrafted or that it's, you know, kind of hard to see how he's going to fit yeah. in to an NBA role, number 10. Yeah. Pick 10. So, I mean, uh, definitely, uh, you know, a lot of expectation when you get drafted that high. I mean, uh, you know, this guy was coming out of, uh, you know, coming off a prominent college career and, uh, you know, came out early. And, um, yeah, it's been a disappointment so far for sure. Yeah, definitely a disappointment. Uh, definitely, uh, uh, you know, going to get more opportunities as a guy who drafted as high as he was. And he's uh, been playing some with the uh, Capital City Go-Go, the uh, Wizards uh, G League team. But, uh, yeah, it should, should be mentioned, I mean, the accolades this guy racked up during his uh, time at Wisconsin, I mean, it allowed him to get drafted so high. I mean, Wisconsin yeah. Mr. Basketball in 2020, I mean, this guy's a lacrosse Wisconsin native. First team all Big Ten and Big Ten Player of the Year in 2022 last year. Consensus first team All-American. This guy won the Lute Olson and Jerry West Awards. Yeah, very impressive. So, I mean, uh, yeah, obviously really, really got it done in college. And, uh, yeah, it's just been uh, a little bit of a slow start or an extremely slow start, I should say, for uh, Johnny Davis so far in the league. Should mention, uh, did, did come up with a phenomenal uh, performance in a commercial, I thought. A little bit controversial uh, around draft time last year. But, uh, yeah, Johnny Davis uh, uh, depicted – Bailing on uh, on the uh, the draft so he could go uh, get himself some TV. Yeah, indeed. And um, he does have a father who also played in the league, Mark Davis, and he uh, didn't have a great career either. So um, let's move on to our last guy. Well, one more thing. I mean, who do you think is going to end up with uh, more games played in the league, uh, Johnny Davis or Mark Davis? Probably Johnny Davis. Yeah, I think so too. Johnny Davis uh, trailing right now, uh, thirty-three to ten. But I think he's uh, definitely got a better chance of uh, racking up some more than his dad. Yeah. All right. Probably not that controversial of a statement there. All right. So let's uh, let's move on to the uh, the last player we're going to talk about in this episode. Um, that's Micah Potter. Let's do it. Uh, another current player, and um, yeah, currently playing with the Jazz. Not much run in the league, but um, I had to mention him because he is uh, currently playing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's uh, played some with the Jazz uh, this season. I mean, the surprising Jazz uh, have used uh, Micah Potter in uh, three games this year. Yeah. Also got a, got a little taste with the Pistons, my Pistons, uh, last season, uh, yeah. featuring in uh, in three games. So, yeah, still early in his career. Got some good size, 6'10", uh, 248. Uh, guy who's, uh, you know, big man for sure, as we uh, as we like to say, and attended uh, both Ohio State and Wisconsin. Yes. I think, I, I believe, another guy also attended Ohio Yes, indeed. Uh, that is uh, that is accurate. You're thinking about the great Brad Sellers off our bench or off your uh, in your starting lineup. Yes, my power forward. All right. So, uh, yeah, I think, believe you had uh, one, one additional shout out you wanted to uh, make before we. Uh, yeah, shout out to uh, Donovan Mitchell for scoring 71 points in the um, game last night. Fourth player in NBA history to do so. Uh, really, really outrageous. I mean, it speaks for itself. Seventy-one points. I mean, my goodness, uh, this this guy was on fire. And uh, what can you say? Yeah. I mean, this man's six-one, and he's out there scoring seventy-one points in an NBA game in uh, twenty twenty-three. I mean, it's uh, utterly outstanding. You gotta love it. Yeah. All right. So uh, yeah, I think that's uh, that's what we got for you on this episode. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, getting back to you with another episode before too long. Make sure you check out um, another podcast, um, or not my podcast, um, Ava or favorites with Ava and Matt, and um, see you next time. Bye.